Welcome to another episode of the Podfathers Podcast. I'm Noah Alvarez, and before we get on with the show, I'd like to give a shout out to a few different people. I first want to give a shout out to you, the listener. Whether you're just tuning in for the first time or you've been tuning in since day one, I appreciate every single one of you. Also want to give a shout out to Generic Sports, aka Jacob Johnson, aka the man behind all the funky beats that we playing in the intros and the outros. So thank you to Jacob for providing us all the nice music we have. Also want to give a shout out to the Pulse Podcast Network. They recently put us on their website and they just lost, launched an app that's available on the iTunes store. Definitely want to check that out. I also have another podcast on there. It's all about the Rams, titled Off the Horns. But they have a lot of great podcasts on there, some regarding geek culture, some regarding some NFL teams, some MLB teams, some NBA teams. So they have a lot of good stuff over there at the Pulse Podcast Network. Again, shout out to them for putting us on. And we're really trying to expand here at the Podfathers Podcast. Now, as of late, I've been trying to have some non-sports topics and some good debates and good discussions here on the show. And I think going forward, that's what I'm going to my plan is for for the Podfathers podcast. We do we will talk about some of the major sports events and of course, without saying the probably the biggest sporting event of the year takes place this Sunday, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 53 to be exact. So we do talk about it on this show. Jacob Fanshaw hops on and we talk about our Super Bowl predictions. We also talk about some new music. We more specifically Jake Cole's latest song Middle Child. We talk about some other music that we're listening to right now. Um, also, in regards to the Super Bowl, we talk about some prop bets. And, you know, prop bets are always fun, and uh, you know, it's, it's always good to dive in and see what you can bet on. That's off the field stuff. So we have a good discussion about that, and then it's a two-part interview on this show. I also have a uh, discussion with two Laker fans, two local Laker fans, Javi Lopez and Rafael Martinez, aka Waffles. They've been on the show before. They've talked some NBA with us, and they were also on the uh, Off the Horns podcast. So if you follow both my podcasts, you know you know that I was just recording with them. But we had to talk about Anthony Davis. New Orleans Pelicans star big man requested a trade back on Monday. And his trade request really kind of shook up the NBA world, NBA Twitter, and everyone and their mothers thinking that they can make a trade for Anthony Davis. And I mean, he's a huge big man. He can make such a huge impact to any team. So I got to ask the two Laker fans what their opinions on Anthony Davis and, and what they would trade for him ideally, what they would trade for him, what they're not willing to give up. We have a good discussion about that as well. So three very good topics, three relevant topics here, three sports topics. But before we go into the show, I do want to have a little rant really quickly. Um, so the Super Bowl is this Sunday, and I, and I briefly mentioned that in the beginning. And, well, every year I have one problem with the Super Bowl. The fact that the NFL has trademarked the term Super Bowl so that people and companies and even radio stations can't say Super Bowl without having to pay copyright issues to the NFL. And I think that's a lot of baloney, to be honest. I mean, I remember back when I was at KSSU, a student-ran radio station over at Sacramento State University, we were unallowed. We were not allowed to say Super Bowl at all on air because uh, we abided by the FCC regulations. Right here, we're an independent podcast, so I'm gonna say it, and hopefully the NFL doesn't come after me if they do. And this episode dis- disappears after a certain amount of time. Well, then you know why. But yeah, it's just kind of annoying. I mean, especially when I'm listening to AM radio, especially down here in Los Angeles. We're talking about the Rams. You know, you're listening to ESPN 710, Mason and Ireland, or Keyshawn Johnson and Company in the mornings. And these 
you know, professional analysts here here to break down the game between the Los Angeles Rams and the New England Patriots, they can't save the Super Bowl because it's trademarked by the NFL and the radio station doesn't want to pay those fees. Sometimes you even see commercials for TV networks outside of the network that's actually hosting it. So CBS is hosting it this year. But you see NBC and Fox to start advertising shows. And obviously, no one wants to put any big show or big TV show releases during the time of the Super Bowl. So they're always you know, putting it afterwards. But they say, oh, you know, come watch Big Bang Theory after the big game. It's like, damn, not even Fox Network or NBC could say Super Bowl. And I think that's just kind of bizarre. I think that needs to change. Obviously, will it change under Roger Goodell? Probably not, because he's probably one of the shittiest commissioners in NFL history. But that's a whole other topic. And again, that's the end of my rant. I just want to talk about how sucky it is that the Super Bowl is trademarked and you can't hear. You you can't have professional radio professionals talk about it on air. I think this is kind of shitty. Nonetheless, again, my name is Noah Alvarez. You are tuning into the Podfathers podcast. Hope you enjoy the discussion I had with Jacob Fanshaw about the Super Bowl. And then the second part of the discussion with Javi Lopez and Rafael Martinez about Anthony Davis and what would it be like for him to be in a Laker uniform. Enjoy. So, Noah, the other day I was listening to some new music I had discovered, or new music within an artist mm-hmm. that I've been listening to. And I just want to know, you know, what kind of music are you listening to right now? Because I know that your music, ch- music tastes change often. For the most part, I'm listening to a lot of 2018 hip-hop. 2018 was a good year in hip-hop. We had that whole podcast about it <clears throat> with Vince and some other friends. And um, just everything from J-Rock to J. Cole to even a little bit of YG's album and stuff like that. It was a very fun year, I think, in hip-hop. You had the whole experimental wave from Kanye West and his collabs with Kid Cudi, his collabs with... Oh, Kid C. Ghost? Mm-hmm. Dude, Kid I C. haven't Ghost. listened to any of the music yet. Is, is it worth it? Yeah, a lot of that's like really good music. The album he did with Pusha T and Daytona, mm-hmm. that was a super fun album. So a lot of those, just a lot of hip-hop from 2018. I feel like 2018 was a good year for hip-hop. Right, and I, I had did, a lot of did favorite, have our podcast on mm-hmm. that. I had a lot of favorite moments of it. Right, right. What about okay. you? Uh, I think right now I've been really listening to a lot of Chuck Berry. So he's considered like the pioneer of rock and roll kind of. Mm-hmm. And I just, I kind of, I'm always looking to expand my musical horizon. Sometimes I'm a little tentative to step out of what I'm comfortable and, and I know. I think everyone is. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, I take a small step every once in a while when I expand through an artist I already know. And Chuck Berry is an artist that I had a few songs, but I really like the kind of southern twang guitar that he brings. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome. So for anybody out there that has not listened to Chuck Berry, or maybe you have and you just don't know, give him a listen. And I'm also I've been listening to a little more Santana, which Ooh. is pretty cool. Yeah, Santana's cool. Very nice guitar work. Uh, yes. Oh, the man is a god with the guitar. And then finally, uh, for some reason, I never listened to J. Cole's album of the year freestyle until mm-hmm. like a couple days ago. I oh, guess man. I must have missed when he dropped it because yeah. I remember KOD and then it was like silent. So yeah. I don't. Remember that was before KOD. So that was oh, it was before, before KOD. Yeah. Okay, damn. So was it what like part of the promotion there? Basically, oh, it was like okay. it was early on in the year, and so it was kind of like a promotion there that he's doing an album. But uh, yeah, I was promoting that his album was going to be album of the year essentially. Right. Okay. Oh man, that's pretty cool. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I did like the song. And speaking of the newest single, did you listen to Middle Child? Have I you did. had a chance? I did, did listen you to like Middle it? Child. I, I liked it. I just didn't think it was. I saw a lot of hype on Twitter, just like anything on Twitter. Really? It oh, really you didn't, didn't blow you up. think it lived up to it? I don't think it lived up to the hype because I saw the hype before I listened to it. 
I think everyone was like, oh, Middle Child this, Middle Child that. I think it's a solid song. I just don't think it's uh, one of J. Cole's best. Oh, no, I don't think it's his best either, but I think that it's a good taste of if there's a future album, he could possibly top KOD because oh, yeah. I don't think he dropped off. If anything, he's KOD level, mm-hmm. if like on par with that right now with that single that he dropped. So mm-hmm. if that's a part of an album, you know, I It'd think nice, that, yeah. It, yeah, I think it would be quite nice indeed. So, um, yeah, I like it. I, th- I have to disagree with you. I thought it lived up to the hype and then mm-hmm. some, so I'm nice. enjoying it. I'm Very bumping cool. it. What else have you been listening to these um, days? Other than J. Cole and other than Chuck Berry, oh, a lot of James Brown. You know mm-hmm. how that goes. Uh, the Beatles, you know, kind of expanding just in everything. Uh, some punk rock, some classic rock, you know, Brenton Wood, some classic oldies. Yeah. So, How do you feel about Maroon 5 playing at the Super Bowl? this Sunday I hope they play Sweet Victory by Spongebob you did, oh, I sincerely hope I've seen that on Twitter I'm really hoping they do that too I and I think it will because I've heard that the lead the dude that voiced Squidward he's going to be saying the introduction oh, for the no band way. so I think there's a good chance no that it happens I think and I think way. if it does the Did NFL like, has every if we're talking conspiracies for a yeah. second let, let's get a little real yeah. if the NFL wants the perfect public image and wants everyone to love them they'll do that game oh they'll, they'll do that they'll song. do that Undoubtedly, Maroon Undoubtedly. Five and, and Maroon really... Five's no dummy either. Mm-hmm. So they'll do it too. That's really good for the culture. Like just and and Steven Hilbert just recently passed away, the creator of SpongeBob. Yes, so, yes, you can I even mean, make you it could, moving. And you like... could just make it a moving whole like trait for him, and that that's yeah, that would really turn around the image. I think per se is the NFL would be a lot more popular, especially to people like our age. Yes, and people who are hating it right now. Yes, I think would. it would help them a lot. The image. Oh, that'd be that'd be fun. I really hope that happens now. Yes. Something to keep an eye on this Sunday. Speaking of the Super Bowl, though, and keeping our moving our eyes from off-the-field stuff to on-the-field, Patriots, Ram, a lot of big names, a lot of big matchups. Who do you like in that game? I like the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I think that Tom Brady is protected by one of the best offensive lines in the game, and he's going to excel at what he does best, pocket yeah. passing. Yeah, I can agree with that 100%. He was untouched in the Kansas City Chiefs game. They couldn't get to him at all, and that's going to be really a... a, a a focal point for the Rams yeah. defense if they want to have any kind of a success is you got to pressure the man. You got to pressure the goat essentially. <laughs> Every quarterback is going to do great one given time, but Tom Brady's going to excel at a much higher rate. So I agree with that. I like the Rams though. I feel like their secondary has stepped up. They held Drew Brees and, or they held Michael Thomas, Drew Brees' best receiver, to under 70 yards. They had a really good game against him. I feel like they can lock in on some of their guys. They're going to. Key in on the defensive end. I think Sue and Donald will do well enough. And I think the Rams, you know, and Sean McVay, just the whole new school to the old school. The new school beating the old school. I like that narrative. And I think the Rams have every opportunity and all the play, player personnel to beat the Patriots. New school beating the old school. That's funny. I recently saw something on ESPN the mm-hmm. other day that this Super Bowl is going to be playing on the commemorative, I think, uh, like 20 years ago or 12 years ago when Brady won his first mm-hmm. uh, Super Bowl ring, and it was against the Rams, they, they, and the Patriots were an underdog in that game as well. So, yeah. of course, you know, ESPN, they've been running with that headline mm-hmm. almost every other hour, mm-hmm. top of the hour. That would be but, like 18 years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, even further, but it was won by a Vinatieri field goal. I think yeah. it was like 52 or something. It was, it was decent, or 45. Oh, yeah. It was a pretty decently... A uh, decently long kick, mm-hmm. but regardless, so there's a lot of talk that maybe the shoe will be on the other foot this mm-hmm. time around, and the Patriots, while they might be technically the uh, underdogs, mm-hmm. according to Vegas, I think yeah. that's really just to drive betting. I think it's, Vegas I think is going to flip it probably in a few days. Yes. Today is Monday, by the way, folks. Hope yeah. you're having a good one. <laughs> and um, it, it's, I think there's a good. I want the Patriots to win, but I also think there's a great chance that the Rams win yeah. because I think Todd Gurley has not been. 
unleashed 100%. to its full potential. No, yeah. Well, that's another. Can we discuss that? Do you? We, I know you had a previous podcast mm-hmm. on one of your Rams, mm-hmm. your uh, separate um, podcast. But let's just talk injury. Is is he since really injured? Are we like talking a very serious injury, or is it? Let me ask you this: Do you think it's it's a management issue? Do you think mm-hmm. it's something having to do with McVay and maybe just a coaching decision that Gurley didn't like? And this is, you know, like. Is there turmoil inside the Rams camp? I don't think so. <laughs> Not at all. Especially because they're in the Super Bowl. They're winning. You know, I don't think there's any internal stuff. But nothing's been reported about his injury. So it just kind of does make you wonder. I think there's a lot of people speculating different things. I think at the end of the day, I think it was a little bit of a benching. You know, he did make those drop. He had those two, two drop passes against the Saints. One that resulted in an interception. So I think he got benched a little bit because the Rams know they have a quality running back in C.J. Anderson right behind him. So they have 100% confidence in him. So I think it was just kind of like, hey, like, Gurley, like, get your mind right. Maybe he was a little antsy before the game. And then they just threw C.J. Anderson for the much part. Because in the, in, the, in the crucial moment, the last drive, when Jared Goff drove down and scored the field goal um, to go to overtime, right? Greg Zerline hit that field goal. Um Kirk Gurley was on the field. So it's not like he wasn't in the big moments. He just wasn't on the field for a certain amount of time, maybe, to get his mind right or something. I think people are making it a bigger deal of what it is. I think he'll have a big game, though, on Sunday. I like his chances against a, kind of a shaky Patriots defense. As do defense. I. I feel the storyline for the Super Bowl thus far has been, what is Jared Goff going to do? Brady's been here, you know, ten yeah. times, nine, or six, nine six, times, nine times, nine nine times. times now. Like, you know, we kind of know what Brady's how Brady's going to react. We know how Brady's going to be. Golf, it's a bitter. It's a definitely a bigger stage, brighter lights, and I think mm-hmm. the media has been focusing on that. Yeah. But you know what? Do not doubt this run game, and I think uh, that's what's going to play a crucial role. As you said, C.J. Anderson, mm-hmm. as he's pretty much revived his career. He was considering mm-hmm. not even playing football at the beginning of the season, and now yeah. look at him. He's arguably the starting running back for the Rams, and yeah. he's probably going to take that first snap in the Super Bowl unless. Gurley gets it, but who knows? Maybe they yeah. might have both of them on the field. Exactly. <laughs> so Anderson and Gurley, that, those are for the Rams, and then for the Patriots, dude. Sony Michelle. I I hope people aren't overlooking the beast of a season yeah. that Sony Michelle's had. He's had a quietly good season as any Patriots running back or Patriots key player can have. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous how he hasn't been talked about so much. But Sony Michelle has been a solid rookie. Very typical of the Bill Belichick esque machine, man. Mm-hmm. It just keeps on churning. The cogs keep, cogs keep on going. Everyone knows their role. It, Ask Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. He's probably Tom Brady's favorite, most reliable receiver. And he'll tell you, he's had some close moments already in the NF- AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's going to be another exciting one. Like you said, the pressure of oh, not only Tom Brady, but Bill Belichick and his whole a lot of his staff. You mean they've been through this. I think Jared Goff, or not, excuse me, Jared Goff, head coach Sean McVay, hopefully doesn't get kind of antsy. Because we've seen in the past in certain big games, especially last year against the Falcons, his game plans, and this year against in the regular season against the Chicago Bears, they didn't necessarily have the best game plan, and they couldn't execute that game plan. So hopefully this light is not too bright for the head coaches of the Rams as well. I don't think I, I'm not too worried about McVeigh. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, you know what? I'm more worried about if the Patriots jump out to a really early lead, kind of like what we saw with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. And well, actually, no, cannot relate to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. More so, what I'm worried is is that the Rams are going to fall behind really early, and, they're go- mm-hmm. and, the, and the Rams are going to be kind of starstruck. Right. We've seen that multiple times throughout the season, once with the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, once with the Saints. You know, it took them a while to fight back and claw back into that. The Saints jumped out to an early 14-point lead. And the Bears, lead. too. Yes, and the Chicago Bears, but that was a really cold night. It was a really tough environment <laughs> yeah. to play in. But even so, if that happens, I think there could be a serious... It, it has the potential to be a blowout, but I think realistically, defensively, mm. the Rams are too... 
they're too good at making adjustments, mm-hmm. as is Belichick, making halftime adjustments for that game for this game to be a blowout. If mm-hmm. I think at most it'll be a fourteen point game, whoever mm-hmm. wins, and I have the Patriots winning forty two. 36. That's a pretty high score. 42-36. I think a little bit a little more low scoring, and I think I'm going to go Rams 33, Patriots 26. Ooh, okay. I think that's a, it'll be a little bit lower scoring. I like your score a little more than mine, but hey, I, I the way I see it is aim high, and if you fall below that, then oh yeah. well. But if it has a chance to go over it, then mm-hmm. I'm a legend. Speaking of adjustments, you mentioned that earlier. Neither team will have to make adjustments because, at least to, to weather. And I wanted to ask you kind of quick because it's in the dome this year in Atlanta, the new Mercedes uh, dome over yeah, there. Yeah, that's a bitchin' stadium. It, it is that, a bitchin' stadium. Really good prices too. I'm a yeah. fan of their prices and, and how they, they host run things. a lot of events there, from mm-hmm. high school football to college football. It's crazy. It's I like that field. But are you a fan of Super Bowls being played in indoor stadiums, or do you want to see more outdoor Super Bowls? Uh, you know what? It's not that I'm necessarily not a fan of it. I think it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. We talked about this a little bit way back in a conversation off-air about mm-hmm. college football and why they schedule neutral site games mm-hmm. over one-on-ones. comes down to money, my man. You yeah. can fit a lot more people, say, in the Mercedes Super Bowl dome mm-hmm. than you could in the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah. And that's just the... Well, st- it might be close, actually. The Coliseum still sits close to... Uh, lower 90s, I think. Well, that's a lot of people, but yeah. I don't know. I'm sure the Superdome can hold just a tad, a hair above that. Mm-hmm. But point is, is I think the NFL is also worried about they don't want to hear that weather dictated. Yeah. Because th- think of all the things that people go for the NFL, from mm-hmm. blown referee calls. You know, I'm guilty of We're all guilty of that. From questionable calls, from plays. The NFL catches a lot of flack for sometimes things that are out of their uh, hands, out of right. their power to, to really prevent. So imagine playing... Say, uh, say they play in the Coliseum and LA is going through like a, a weird rain. You know, there's a bunch of rain, and they don't want the game to be compromised by inclement mm-hmm. weather. Yeah. You know, so I'm okay with them playing in in indoors, but I think I would like to see a bit of a rotation because then you know you think of back of your classic games, you have like the ice bowl, and yeah, like the fog bowl. You know, that stuff was cool. And yeah, it's, it makes it a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I feel like and he's watching the Rams Saints game in the NFC Championship. There was just it felt like any like there was the kickers didn't have to adjust at all like it was just perfect field goal kicks because on turf it was indoors no wind no I want some you know I want some kind of ch- even if it's a five degree or five mile per hour wind and it's like forty degrees yeah they have to take that into account they have to take that in account and there's a lot more just like natural adjustments quarterbacks maybe suffer when it's colder because you know the ones that have smaller hands yeah, or something man, like when that it's real cold it's I'm not saying I want snow and I want pouring rain but I would just like some different type of adversity the element of weather to be the element of weather whether it's wind or just a little hotter than usual a little colder than usual I don't know just give me something just not a perfect scenario I, I think I'm I, I think I'm an outlier though in that opinion yeah, the Super Bowl will go where the money will flow mm-hmm. now, speaking of the Super Bowl Another thing to talk about is prop bets. Any yeah. prop bets that stick out to you that you uh, saw? Earlier recently? today, I was listening to talk to some talk radio, mm-hmm. and I heard some pretty funny ones. I think a few off the top of my head were which teams cheerleaders are going to get the <laughs> national, the first close, uh, first close spot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Patriots. I think those girls have always looked fantastic. Then mm-hmm. again, the Rams women aren't too bad. They're in LA, <laughs> so they got to be fantastic. Yeah. So I, but I still think the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I like Gronkowski's. There was one on Gronkowski where, you know, does he announce that he's going to retire after the game? And I think if the Patriots do win and knowing Gronkowski and how he is, I think given the moment, he will retire. If wow, he'll dude. announce his retirement. Whether he actually does retire or not, that's oh, still... Whether, so whether he goes yeah. through with it will be up for debate. But exactly. But you think he's going to... But, you, but think, think, you don't think he'll steal that... The That's like kind of like stealing the spotlight? Because if Brady wins this, he becomes the winningest mm-hmm. NFL quarterback yeah. or 
quarterback in NFL history. I'm sure it would steal a little bit of his thunder, but you know how. Gronk I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think Gronk's not really aware. Yeah, but Gronkowski of that. and Bra- he's not. But Gronkowski and, Bra- and Brady are best friends. Like, True. I could. Yeah, I could see maybe where Gronk wouldn't want to step that line. But who knows? Mm-hmm. So I take that bet. I like that. Hey, let's mm-hmm. put twenty on it. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> heard it here. Regardless, another favorite prop bet of mine: national anthem mm-hmm. over under minute fifty. I go over. I like it over. I like that over as well. <laughs> think of all the ceremony and the yeah, and just, just you want to really hold that. Yeah, and in the, the, the pageantry notes. and it's who's hosting the Super Bowl? What what channel? CBS. Tony CBS? Romo will get oh, to do God. It. Yeah. Oh, really? He's covering the Super Bowl? Gary I thought Daniel that was... Gary Daniels and Tony Romo are covering the Super Bowl. You did not know this. I believe so, actually. I don't that's wanna... awesome. Well, I hope <laughs> I hope that's the case. I love Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. And Gary Danielson's a good favorite. But regardless, I like that over 150 because the pageantry, the ceremony of it all, and especially it's the Super Bowl, how many people will be watching, mm-hmm. they're going to extend that for as long as they can. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Who wins the coin toss? <laughs> that's a good prep bet. But I, I, I like the... Um... I like the Rams. I just think they're going to have that luck, and they're going to go defense first, though. Win the toss, go defense first. Because if... No, actually, you don't want the Patriots to go on the offense first. I would go Rams, offense first. I like... I think the Patriots are going to win because every movie needs a good villain, and the Patriots are naturally a good villain, and the villain always wins off to start off, so they're going to win. But Belichick's going to learn how to hold the dogs back just for a little bit, and he's going to kick off first. Oh, that'd be be something. He's going to put it in Goff's hands Mm -hmm. because the way way Belichick is thinking, let's talk here for a second. The way Mm -hmm. Belichick's thinking is if Goff drives down and scores, first off, we know what he's working with, and if they jump out to a big lead in the first half, well, we get the ball back the second half, and you know Brady can score. Yeah, so I just think their 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 game plan against the Chiefs was to get the ball first and score because they won that toss. Oh, they did. They they went yeah. down the field three drives exactly. back to back, and, and they really it. wanted to impale and, and uh, pound, force, yeah, and force, force their, their will, will against the Chiefs defense. And I think they'll want to do that too against the Rams and you know shut any belief they had in kind of like slowing them down. I think Belichick respects that defensive mm-hmm. line a little bit too much for him to want to just. Shove Michelle I would hope so. and play action down their throat. I yeah. really, truthfully believe that. Yeah. I think I think they're going to win and they're going to kick it. Tony Michelle is going to have a tough go of it. All I, right, I, that's I another really... five on the bet. So right now, <laughs> folks, if you're keeping track at home, the jackpot's twenty-five. So Anthony Davis, this is the star big man of the New Orleans Pelicans. He requested on Monday that he wants out of New Orleans. And, of course, that shook the NBA world because every team and their mothers thinks they got a chance to trade for him. Now, you guys are Laker fans. I want to hear your opinion because there's a lot of rumors about him going to the Lakers, possibly, and LeBron's trying to recruit him. How do you guys feel about Anthony Davis potentially being a Laker? I feel like I'd want him to be a Laker, but I kind of don't want to give up any of like the young core and the key pieces that we have on the Lakers and the good draft picks we've gotten the last couple of years for a guy that could play maybe this year and maybe next year with us, but he could also opt out. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think it's worth it to get him as a rental because our young core is way more valuable than that. And I get it that LeBron wants to win now, but as a, a true Laker fan, I feel like I'll be patient for another year. We could sign a superstar at the end of this year. But, yeah, I, I honestly w- wouldn't want to do the deal for those guys. But if it was, like, a deal, like, for Josh Hart, Caldwell Pope, and, like, mm-hmm. a draft pick and maybe McGee or something, like, I'd do it. Yeah. But I know New Orleans wants too much, so. Yeah, chances are the Pelicans announced the other day that 
they wanted, you know, they wanted a deal surrounding Kuzma, surrounding Ball, surrounding Ingram, and surrounding Zubak. And I was just like, man, that's that's a pretty steep price if they want all four. I mean, I, if I'm the Lakers too, I wouldn't want to do that deal either. Well, as far as like the rental thing, like I don't think it would be a rental because you think they could sign him. Yeah, he obviously wants to be in L.A. He wants to be in the limelight. He wants to play with LeBron. He wants Mm -hmm. to try to win rings. Like, come on, who wouldn't want to be in L.A.? Like, he's coming from New Orleans, like, no disrespect. But, like, New Orleans compared to L.A., like, there's just way, like, the market is crazy, you know? Yeah. For him especially, he's just going to be more in the spotlight. He's going to get way more recognition, like. Way more help, too. Yeah, like, right now he's not. He's he's a great player and he's one of the top players in the league for sure. But he's not talked about because he's, he's not exactly yeah. he's not talked about that small much, market. You know exactly, bro. So yeah, but see if I'm gonna trade one of those like key young players of the Lakers, whether it's any of those guys that I just listed off earlier, I want to get it kind of like in written writing or just like at least a yeah. I wouldn't want to give up too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely wouldn't want to give up Lonzo. Definitely not Kuzma. Yeah, I like. I think there's still a lot of I like Josh Hart, but I don't know if 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 I had to pick, it would probably have to be I would I would send Ingram, Hart, and KCP. Yeah. What about you, Javi? What would your ideal package be for if, Anthony? If Davis? I had to give up one of the young guys, I'd yeah. give up Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, KCP, Javel McGee, and maybe a draft pick. Mm-hmm. And get Anthony Davis and maybe some like dead like dead cash and yeah. um, another player on the roster that wants needs Morris to go or something. Like that. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I could see that happening. But yeah, cause I, I like I already feel like if we had to stick to two small forwards, I think it'd be LeBron and Kuzma. Mm-hmm. I think Ingram would be probably the one to part with because he's been there longer and uh, not to be messed up or anything. But I feel like Kuzma's been more productive and. Mm-hmm. Looked better the last couple of years than Ingram's looked like what three four years already. Of course, yeah. And talent only gets you so far. I mean, like the last two years, Brandon Ingram's had this high ceiling. A lot of people talk about him, but he's never really kind of like reached that ceiling and, and kind of gotten close. And while Kuzma's ceiling's not as high, he's been really productive unexpectedly too. I think that's a huge thing. So I, I think yeah, Ingram has a lot more uh, higher ceiling. I think that's good for the Pelicans that they want in return. I think he's just been inconsistent. Yeah, if I had to choose one way. And they already have Randall. You know, he's an ex Laker. Like. Yeah. Now, they'll just become the New Orleans ex Lakers, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah. Now, I, yeah, I think if I were to build a package, it'd be Brandon Ingram, Javale McGee, and either Hard or KCP. Well, who knows? Like they said that you know that they weren't in a rush to trade him, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still a few weeks before the deadline, but I think the Pelicans are going to get rid of him because it's just it's at that time of the like you said he's in a small market. You think he? I mean, he's tired of it. Yeah. He's tired of playing with losing, playing with losing. But if it isn't the Lakers, where do you else do you think he'd end up landing? For sure, the Celtics. They have a lot of people to offer. To be honest, they do. They're, one <laughs> I think of they're not scared. I like him. Yeah, a Celtics fan, so you'd love that. I would love that honestly, but I think. They have a lot of pieces, man. Like yeah. a lot of key pieces they can offer. I mean, they gave up your boy Avery Bradley a couple of years ago for the Clippers. I think they lost a lot of like Terry Rozier is a free agent after this year though, so he doesn't have like much 
So uh, trade would you trade for Anthony um, Davis? If I could maybe combine Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, um, stay away from Jason Tatum, you know what I mean? Because that, uh, I would have, yeah, Jason Tatum is probably an untouchable. But somewhere around Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and then maybe the Clippers and the the other draft pick they got over there in Boston. Because neither of those picks are going to be like lottery, right? Because Clippers well, are doing the pretty Clippers good. Who do the Clippers have? <laughs> that Clippers pick. Out. Oh, the Clippers I pick. Talking about the Clippers. No, no, the Celtics still have that Clippers pick, so I'd be tra- I'd be trading those two and see if they can be happy with Rozier and Smart. But I think either that or they're gonna probably ask for Horford or maybe Marcus Morris in return. But I'd be fine with par- parting ways with either of those guys because Anthony Davis is a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Anthony Davis with Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Kyrie. That's that's a filthy four right there. And now they're saying that Kyrie wants to come back. To join LeBron. See, I, I think that's that's all like smoke and mirrors, yeah. Nah, I don't I, think that's true. I because you Kyrie asked Kyrie basically said I'm gonna fake this injury and have surgery if you guys don't trade me when he was in Cleveland. You know what I mean? And then that forced Cleveland to trade him to Boston, in that famous Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving trade that worked out for Boston uh, more than it did for Cleveland. But like holy shit, like there's no way I don't I don't think I don't see it. I can see what like he called him that one night after the game and apologized him, but I think that's it. Like you know what I mean? Like I think Kyrie's moved on nah, from that dude, shit. I don't want Kyrie on the Lakers. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be a Laker and play with LeBron either. He he didn't want to be number two then. I don't think he wants to be number two now. No, he has definitely. a good he has a good fan base in Boston right now. And he's doing well. He has some youngsters and he probably likes Brad Stevens. Yeah. What about the coaching change that LeBron's asking for? <sighs> I like Luke Walton, man. I think they got to give him another chance. Luke Walton, he asked for a coaching change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rumored. Yeah, this. Uh, I think LeBron. But that's what I. That's what I. But in my opinion, that's what I don't like about LeBron. He always that. tries to get it his way and like mm-hmm. get a coach fired and stuff. But I like how in Miami, Pat Riley handled the situation and like yeah. put him in his place and said, "No, Spolstra is going to stay," mm-hmm. and it ended up working for him and ended up winning what two championships. Yeah. And like everywhere else, he's done that. Like it's failed, and he's probably won what one fi- one finals out yeah, of what five of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like and I, you got to remember too when Luke started with when he was the replacement in Golden State, he mm-hmm. had a great record with them. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, Golden State's credit that stretch was due to Luke Wallen because remember there was a huge stretch where Steve Kerr went down with the back injuries and stuff like that. And uh, Luke Walton took over, and they went on that big winning streak. And I think Luke Walton's a pretty solid coach. Yeah, I think Magic, like you said, like Pat Riley did. Magic Johnson got to step down, put his foot down, tell LeBron like, "Now nah, we gotta stick through this. We gotta uh, grind through the the bad times." I think Luke Walton will turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like if we were to get rid of Luke Walton, who would you replace him with? That's, that's like exactly what coaches the thing. are available that are good. Exactly, nothing, nothing that comes to you right now. Like what, Phil Jackson's gonna come back or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Brian Sean. <laughs> yeah, like Brian Sean eventually could maybe be a guy who steps in, but I don't think there's a better option right now. I think LeBron came to the Lakers knowing this is a young team. This is a team two, maybe three years away from a championship. He should be patient. So he has to be patient. You know, like I know he wants to win this year. I know he's been to eight straight finals. I think it is. Uh, you got to be patient. This is like a, a long process. You mean it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, I mean, he's very competitive. And he's just, I know, like, it's like if he doesn't have it mm-hmm. his way, like Javi said. And watching and watching the Lakers without LeBron, we're watching it as we're recording. 
I mean, they have some times where they're like, they're so bad. I mean, they're playing the Sixers right now, and they, they turned it down to nine points. But in the first quarter, Lakers got off to a sloppy start. All their players were turning the ball over. And they just go mm-hmm. on like a lot of spurts like that, especially without LeBron. It makes you really worry that without LeBron, this team would be basically not that much, not that good at all. Yeah. Well, the Sixers are a good team, though. Mm-hmm. They got three all-stars. Jimmy Butler. And then, you know, like, they got some good shooters. J.J. Reddick. Who else? They got a little one point guard. McCollum. McDonald, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Sixers are a good team, but I mean, if the Lakers want to be good, they gotta some time. They gotta beat some of those good teams, or at least play tough. They got Bellinelli too. Yeah. Another reason I want to see Anthony Davis in LA is Rondo and Anthony Davis again. Because Rondo and AD were nice last year yeah. oh, for the Pelicans. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that playoff That's series. Tough against Portland Trailblazers, man. And obviously they had Boogie and they had some other players to help the Pelicans uh, upset the Trailblazers, but I think Rondo and AD could be some problems. 